You're listening to episode 34 of the Becoming Aligned podcast. Welcome to Becoming Aligned, where we'll step away from the busyness of our days to explore what it looks and feels like to create meaningful lives that align with our personal values. My guests have found their own unique way to navigate through the distractions, the pressures, and the expectations of everyday life. And in the process, they have discovered the freedom to be truly themselves, to tune into their own heart, and to honor their own unique voice. I'll explore what motivates them, what challenges them, and what strategies help them work towards their goal in a way that nourishes their mind and body. I believe everyone has a story to share, and that we become a stronger community when we're able to listen and learn from those around us. I'm your host, Maureen Ryan, the founder of Ryan Wellness, I'm a Chicago-based self-discovery mentor and Pilates instructor. I hope these conversations will serve as inspiration and as a reminder that it's not about perfection, but the process of becoming aligned. Hi everyone, this is the fourth solo episode in which I'm sharing a bit more about my story and my journey to becoming aligned. If you missed the last three episodes, please check those out before coming back to this one. I wanted to create this short series in the hopes that it'll help you along your own personal journey and also to give you a better understanding of the Becoming Aligned process, which is the basic structure and foundation for my coaching program and my upcoming online course, which I'll be sharing more about in 2020. In last week's solo episode, I dove into how to develop a growth mindset in order to stay connected to your why. I also took a look into how this relates to perfectionism versus healthy striving. I personally had come to a point in my life where I had become disconnected from my why. How I was showing up for the world and the choices I was making was being driven more by a fear of rejection. And because of this fear of rejection, I was working really, really hard to feel like I had something of value to offer, to feel like I was enough. I thought I had to do something or provide something in order to be a value. And so I was in a constant state of doing and working towards goals and end results. I wasn't as comfortable in the process, in the being and in the becoming. It was so difficult to make decisions. It was like playing a game of chess in my head, trying to figure out a move that would be greeted with the most approval and acceptance. You can only imagine how exhausting that could be. In the process, I acted like my own feelings were a sign of weakness. I would dismiss them and pour myself into my work or my workouts instead. But our feelings and our our emotions will not be ignored. They will find a way to get noticed. And the thing is, feelings are just a form of feedback. They provide information. So they're not something that we need to ignore because they're giving us helpful information. Just like an ache or pain in the body is not a sign of weakness, but a signal of some sort. Maybe you need a rest. Maybe you need to move. Maybe it's time to focus on building strength and mobility. While the answer on how to manage the pain may be different for people, it's the body's way of calling out for attention so that you can appropriately address the situation. I think we often believe that if we pay attention to our feelings, we won't move forward in life. You know, it's almost this feeling like, if I actually acknowledge these feelings, I'm going to just be trapped in the feelings. But I would, I would disagree. For example, I'm a very private person in many ways, so it's a bit awkward for me to even share some of my story on this podcast. 
but I know it aligns with my why. So I choose to acknowledge my nerves and my fears, show myself some self-compassion, and still move forward and put myself out there. On the flip side, there have been so many times in my life where I have felt frustrated, angry, upset, so many different types of emotions, and I have chosen to ignore and not acknowledge those feelings. Part of the reason I found myself feeling stuck in my life was because I was not honoring my feelings. I was pushing them aside. And I don't think I'm alone in doing so. Was anyone else out there told they were too sensitive when they were growing up? I know that over time, I began to believe that my sensitivity must be a sign of weakness. And so I learned to ignore my feelings or dismiss them. Another way many of us avoid our feelings, myself included, is we try to rationalize, justify, and talk about a situation from a distance. Anything to keep us in our heads and avoid actually dropping to our body and feeling those feelings. I get this. It's something I work on and I teach because I really believe it's important, but it is not easy and it requires practice. I remember when I was a little kid, I would never let myself cry, (laughs) but then the smallest thing would set me off and I would have to hide away somewhere so I could just like bawl my eyes out in private. It was the dreaded ugly cry and there was no in between. It was either no tears or the dreaded ugly cry. For some reason, I just never thought it was appropriate to actually let my feelings out. And the thing is, you can't avoid letting them out. Those feelings will find a way out, one way or another. So it's worth addressing, sooner rather than later. Let me ask you this. Do any of you have a closed closet at home where you throw all of this stuff that you just don't know what to do with? The things that you're just not ready to deal with yet, so you just throw it in this closet, hoping you can ignore it for a little bit longer. This closet gets more and more full over time. Eventually, it's bursting at the seams, and you almost dread opening it because things are going to spill out at you. And it weighs on you. You try to act like it's not there, but it's not going anywhere. It's just taking up precious space until you acknowledge and begin to deal with it, which is hard because so many of us like to be in control, and we hate dealing with things that are messy. I get that. This closet represents what so many of us do with our, with our feelings. We just push them aside and want to deal with them at a later time. But then I think so many of us are afraid to, that those emotions will like be so overwhelming because we haven't dealt with them. We're afraid of opening the door to the closet and being flooded by a wave of emotions. But there is just no way to ignore our number feelings forever. If we try to bottle them up or push them aside, they turn into that closet that takes up space in your home and that is always in the back of your mind. A small transgression can trigger us in a way we weren't expecting because we're already so filled up with emotions and feelings that have not been acknowledged. We can't help but allow the emotions to seep out of us in the form of a snarky comment or maybe the eyes get a little bit leaky and you can't quite stop the tears from coming. The more we try to bottle up our emotions, the more they'll find a way to seep out and linger. But when we can acknowledge and allow ourselves to feel the feelings, it comes and goes. Your feelings don't define you as a person. You are not your thoughts and feelings, but they do provide feedback and information that can help inform your decisions. I think there's also a belief out there that when someone like me says it's important to feel your feelings, that some people might think that translates to you should act upon every feeling you have, which is not what I'm saying. 
I think you can acknowledge and honor your feelings without acting on every single feeling you have in the moment. I might recognize that I'm feeling overwhelmed and still complete the tasks I have set out for myself that day, but choose to carve out more time for myself or set different boundaries in the future. Your feelings can serve as teachable moments, helping you along your journey to create a life that lights you up. I know for myself personally, I had a really hard time even feeling my feelings. I was so caught up in my head and my thoughts, I would explain and justify everything, but I couldn't drop into my body and my emotions. I was just so used to pushing through and doing that I had a difficult time allowing and being. I had to create space and allow my feelings to bubble up. To help me do so, I would practice by writing in my self-discovery guide, which is the guided journal I've mentioned in the past. Every morning, I would ask myself, how do I want to feel today? And I would set an intention for the day, which was my why. At the end of the day, I would come back and write down what I was grateful for. Then I would write down what I wanted and how I wanted to feel. It seems like that should be an easy question, right? What do you want? But as someone who had been conditioned to dismiss her feelings, this was not an easy question. I wanted what I thought I wanted. I needed to tune in and reconnect to myself, to quiet the noise and the expectations of the outside world and tune back into my own voice, needs, and desires. To be honest, in the beginning, this felt a bit selfish because it was new and it was uncomfortable. In the past, if you were to ask me, what do you want to do or where do you want to eat? My response probably would have been one or all of these three things. I don't know. I don't really care. What do you want? As I mentioned in another episode, I had internalized the idea that I should put the needs of others in front of my own, but I would never have thought of myself as a people pleaser. I thought I was being kind and helpful and strong, and I was to a certain degree. But if I'm honest with myself, I was doing these things to make people happy because I wanted to feel needed, I wanted to feel a sense of belonging, and I was really afraid of rejection. I didn't realize at the time that this was not a healthy way to form mutually giving and receiving relationships, which were the kind of relationships I wanted to foster more in my life. So I knew it was time to get clear on what I wanted and how I wanted to feel. So I began to pay attention. I tried to approach this question with openness and curiosity. What energized me? What depleted me? What brought me joy? What inspired me? How did I like to spend my time? I began to take notice. And to help me get clear, I tried to limit some of the things that I would turn to in the past to help me numb out my feelings. Now, these things on their own are not bad. I just knew that I didn't have the healthiest relationships with these parts of my life at this point in time. So I I took a break from running. I love running. It can be a great way to manage stress and stay healthy, but it had become like the only tool in my toolbox. It was time for me to learn some new skills. Plus, I had been injured for a while, and I just kept trying to push through, and I wanted to focus on recovery. I got rid of cable. I was turning the TV on as a way to check out and disconnect. You know, this can be fine and good in in many cases and, and in moderation, but I knew what I needed at this point in my life was to reconnect to myself. So I made a decision to take control of my TV habits by watching my shows on my terms, through a streaming service. (laughs) I know nowadays this is kind of the norm and it's so much more common, but I was kind of an early adapter to this trend and it came from a desire to set some healthy boundaries for myself. 
I, in this new time I had for myself, I began to read more about topics that inspired me and make time for new hobbies, just to kind of discover and test out different things to see what kind of lit me up. I began to take Pilates classes, to guitar classes, Irish dancing lessons, and a writing class. I also made time to do less, to not have plans, and to be okay with that, to go on a walk without worrying about how many steps I had that day. Instead, just to look around, pay attention, and to be outdoors. To choose to make a night at home by myself special by finding ways to nourish my mind, body, and soul. I began to focus on experiences and was trying to pay attention and connect to how I felt. To take deep breaths. And I wrote down what I was discovering along the way in the self-discovery guide. It was really interesting to see how things like that I thought I wanted began to change when I began to more deeply connect to my feelings and decisions became so much easier. I could tune in and connect with what I wanted and what worked best for me. I wasn't so focused on what the other person might want and figuring out what that was. I began to trust that they would tell me what worked well for them. I also stopped trying to be a mind reader. <laughs> I just, it wasn't a talent of mine, I realized. <laughs> and I began to realize that there was no one who was able to read my mind either. So it was important and helpful for me to clearly let them know what I wanted so that we could negotiate a good option for everyone. At this stage in the game, it was mostly about me connecting to my feelings and tapping into the feedback and information they were able to provide so I could begin to make choices in my life that aligned with my values. There was still work to do, but I had been doing the inner work, and now it was time to begin to apply what I was learning to the rest of my life and to begin practicing more and more within my relationships. I'll share more about that in the next, in my next and final solo episode of the series, which will be coming out November 24th. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to my fourth solo episode, and I hope you'll take some time this week to connect or reconnect to how you're feeling and to use those feelings to help you serve as an inner compass and help you discover what you want. And I think to do so, it really does, it requires a little quiet time because there's just so much noise out there that, you know, can be wonderful and can give us like, you know, so much information and, and help us connect to other people. But I think it's very useful to turn that attention to ourselves. And and that might require just, you know, stepping away from social media. That might require just carving out some quiet time for yourself, whether it's even just five minutes in the morning or five minutes in the evening. It can be small, but just that little bit of time can really serve as an anchor for ourselves throughout the week. So I hope you'll take some time this week to figure, to connect, I should say, to connect to your feelings and to get more clear about how you want to feel and how you want to move forward and show up in the world. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to chatting with you in two weeks time. All right, take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Becoming Aligned. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Becoming Aligned and rate and review this podcast. I'm Maureen Ryan, and I hope you'll join us next time. Take care.